This is a show about content marketing for established course creators. Unlike other shows about marketing, we focus on sustainable, measurable content creation. How to authentically automate your marketing to build up your know, like, and trust factor with a nurtured, engaged audience. And get back to actually living your life instead of working to live. Hey, hey, friends. I've got a fun episode, and I think it's going to be a really popular one because it's all about how we can end the social media busy work for good. Yes, no more content creation hamster wheel, no more spray and pray posting that maybe gets results, maybe doesn't, uh, no more short-term success tactics that burn you out in the end. We're going to be talking about how to employ three things in your business so you can finally get some real ROI from all of this content you're creating and putting on social media. Let's start with why social media feels like busy work in the first place. Well, it never seems to end, right? Even if you post something great today, it's buried tomorrow, it's completely forgotten next week, and you're kind of starting at zero all over again. So it can be hard to know what you should be doing if you're not taking a strategic look at all of this. So many experts out there are talking about showing up and plastering social content on every platform out there, and it feels like just yet another tick box you need to check on that never-ending to-do list. So if you want to end the social media busy work for good, you need to do three things and balance them well, and then you'll get there. One, it's important to plan strategic content to reach your goals without, you know, throwing spaghetti on the wall, so to say. Two, you've got to show up as yourself, your whole self on social media and Quit it with the fake personas that don't really represent who you are. And then third, when it comes to honing your strategy, measuring what works and what doesn't work, it's going to help you finally leave the busy work behind and focus on the strategies that yield the results you and your business need. With the right approach, social media does not have to feel like busy work. Instead, it can feel like a powerful tool for connecting with people and marketing your offers in a way that feels good to you. So let's dive in. How do we create a sustainable social media strategy. It's easy in theory, but it won't be sustainable if it doesn't fit your lifestyle. And this is a really big thing, but it's not something I hear a lot when people are discussing social strategies. The best social media strategy in the world won't work for you if it's at odds with how you live on the day-to-day. This is why it's so important to plan and be mindful of how you spend your time when creating content. Creating a balance of old and new content is a big part of a sustainable strategy. It's why my lead magnet, if you want to call it, is a chaos-free content plan. It teaches you how to balance between four categories of content that anybody can employ, even if you don't have the rest of your social media calendar plan all put together, you can still do that. In this busy life, it's essential that we use our limited resources wisely. I always tell people I work about 20 hours a week. It's not a joke. It's not an exaggeration. Sometimes I don't even get to that 20, depending on what's going on in my family life. I have to use my limited resource of time really carefully. Social media marketing is a great way to create new relationships, especially for visionary online businesses, for multi-six-figure course creators, for established, innovative entrepreneurs. But... It's only good if you can be consistent. If you stop the like post spamming and then disappearing for a month because you're burnt out and you don't know what else to do. So building a social media strategy is going to start with some basics. And I'll be honest, a lot of times it's going to feel beneath you. 
But going back to the basics is so important. Consistent content creation starts with that strategic content plan. And that means it starts with foundational brandscaping. If you haven't heard my entire podcast episode on brandscaping yet, the short version is you can think of brandscaping in the same way you'd approach landscaping your yard. You're making it clear if guests are invited or not. You're showing a bit of your preferences and some style with the choices you make, of course. Brandscaping your business does the same thing. It's going to first answer the questions. Who are you? Who are they? And how do you serve them? So who are you in the context of how you can help your best client and what makes you different from the next nutritionist down the road who may have the exact same schooling as you? Then who are they? Who is your best client? And why is their current problem one that you're perfectly matched to help solve? And then three, how do you serve them? In what way are you helping them? Is it via a transformational course, a group membership coaching? What specific results are you going to guide them through whichever one of those mediums you use? These questions feel like basics. They feel like something you've already done. And truth be told, I often hear some version of, but I've already done that when I bring these to my clients. I like to remind them, if they've already done that, it'll be really easy to walk through the questions quickly. And also, Revisiting those questions is always a good idea if you're not currently getting the results you desire from your marketing. Maybe one of those answers is a little bit old. You need to refresh it. Maybe it was something that never really fit that well to begin with. I often find the best client one really trips people up. They either are on the multi-passionate kind of vein and they're like, I don't want to serve just one person, or they've got all the demographics of their best client nailed, but not necessarily the mindset. And when it comes to marketing, those two things matter quite a bit. So revisiting these questions is a good idea. When you're not getting the results you desire, you need to go back to those basics and see if there's anything that's shifted or anything that needs updating. So knowing your Brandscape Foundation in and out makes it really easy to move into the next step of building a social media strategy, and that is choosing impactful topics for your social media presence. Impactful topics, though right? What makes a topic impactful? We have to define that. One, it's going to answer top of mind questions that your best client has right now. Some people talk about pain points when it comes to this. I don't love dwelling on the pain, but whatever pain your client is in right now is going to lead to some questions. How can I get out of this? How can I move beyond this? What is the one thing stopping me from achieving this big desire or result that I want? Those top of mind questions absolutely need to be answered in your content topics. Two, there's a long lasting impact on the topics. Don't get me wrong. If something happens in the news, you probably want to address it if it affects your niche, your industry, the kinds of services that you offer, right? But there's so much more room for evergreen kinds of topics. You want an evergreen topic that's going to come up often for your audience to be covered really well. That way you don't spend time answering the same question over and over again, but also it makes you searchable and it makes you well-known and builds your authority in the space. The third thing that we need to have to make a topic impactful is that all of your topics play well together. They lead one to another. They move your best client along the customer journey and through the trust building process. When you have your topics aligned well and kind of in order, if you will, and they all play off of each other, they all link to each other. This creates a community of support, a culture of trust, 
And when people fall into it, whether it's unexpected or not, they have the ability to really get to know you because you've put the time into choosing these topics and making them impactful for your best client. All right, so that's the basics of a strategic content plan. Now we're going to get down to some tactical things. You got to create a social media content calendar. Once you've chosen your topics that serve both you and your target audience well, it's time to map them out on a calendar. This intentional dissemination of your content is going to separate you from your competition because your competition's probably still playing in the land of spray and pray social media posting. So you're going to want to carefully choose which social media platforms that you're present on. While I always advise my clients to use their own username everywhere, you know, own it on Twitter, own it on Pinterest, own it on Instagram, all the things, right? I don't actually advise them to spend time and create content for all of those places. You've got the username so no one else can grab it. You've got the username so that you have the potential of spending a lot of time building up that space, but you're really only going to focus on one. To choose that one, you got to, again, answer a few questions. (laughs) So one, where do you enjoy spending your time? Obviously, if you hate it, it's going to be hard for you to spend a lot of time there. Two, is your best client also hanging out there? This is one that people like to gloss over. Well, if I like spending time here, surely my best client does. But that's not always the case. And then third, which platforms will allow you to shine? This one's a big one. If you are super uncomfortable on video, I'm going to encourage you to get more comfortable to work through that. But right now, today, YouTube might not be your platform of choice. Same thing with writing, right? If you're working on your writing skills, but they're not how you naturally express yourself, you can either talk and have someone clean it up for you, or you can just say, I'm not going to do written content right now, and I'm going to lead with audio or video. There are ways to move through this. Obviously, if you're doing audio or video, you're still going to want transcripts for accessibility, and hopefully you are taking someone on a VA or some sort that can clean up your transcripts and make them really readable for the rest. But you've got to choose a platform where you can shine. If Instagram short form reels type content is not your jam, maybe don't choose that as your platform right now. Same thing with LinkedIn. If written content isn't your jam, you may want to choose a different venue for now. Next, you're going to want to employ a content system. So each topic that you have has the same assets and collateral as the next. The show up system is a really good option. If you don't currently have one, there'll be a link in the show notes for that. After that, you're going to want to save all of those new assets that you create for each topic into your content database. My workshop on how to create a content database so you can finally (laughs) stop creating so much new content all the time is not live yet. But if you're on my email list, you will get a notification when it is live. P.S. A content database is kind of like the unsung hero of a content-rich business. If you don't have one, and most people don't, so don't feel called out here. You're in the vast majority. But if you don't have one, I'm just going to let you guys know you are wasting serious amounts of time. Having a content database is such a win for your business. I know everyone likes to talk about the glow up that you can do with mindset and all of that. But I'm telling you, if you have a social media presence, the biggest glow up that you can put into place is setting up a content database. All right, off that soapbox. (laughs) All right, that's the social media calendar. We're going to move on to how to just really get out of that being busy with social media feeling. So if you want to make the most of your social media presence, it's really important 
to stop embracing the idea that you need to be busy with social media all the time and lean on a strategy that works. As I've already said, I don't advise posting everywhere. That's not a strategy. And uh, I mean, you'll burn out if that's if that's the way you're going to do things. So instead, pick it one channel or platform and master it, and then slowly work a second channel into the mix. Why are we focusing on just one social media outlet? Isn't that putting all of our eggs in one basket, right? That's probably the question that you're saying in the back of your mind right now. Here's the deal. Social media can be an incredibly effective tool for marketing and networking, but you don't want to spread yourself too thin. Trying to master the nuances of four different platforms is a full-time job, and unless you're a full-time marketer, it's probably not worth it. So instead, focus on one social media outlet. That way you know how to use it effectively and save yourself time. You'll feel like the master of one platform instead of the jack of all trades, but the master of none. The logic for mastering one platform is pretty apparent. What we focus on expands. Focus a lot of your energy on one platform and it will do well. Plus, by mastering one platform, you're going to use it as a foundation for future strategies on other platforms. It's really worth investing your time and learning about social media and which outlets are right for your goals. That way you're going to maximize the impact of your efforts and not feel like all that busyness was not worth it. So I really sold you on the one platform. Why am I saying you should be working on a second platform? I've got two reasons. One, the recent Elon Musk takeover of Twitter has changed the Twitter dynamic. There's a decent number of users who have fully left and closed their accounts, but there's still plenty of others who are technically still users and just not engaging anymore. I listen to some of their podcasts. I've seen some of their accounts go dark, and I've seen them pop up on other platforms as well. Same thing with those who have built their entire business around Twitter. I'm sure they're worried. Why am I sure? Because I, I see people who are saying, no, 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 I'm still 100% Twitter. I've seen them really up their presence on other places like LinkedIn or Instagram these last couple months. You don't know what's going to happen with the platform that you've chosen to be your ride or die. And sometimes it might not be someone taking over the company, right? Sometimes the goals of the platform that you've chosen will also change. Cough, cough, Instagram. Cough, cough, right? <laughs> when that happens, you need to know that you have a backup plan, that you have another place where you can engage with an audience that has not yet decided to become part of your community. So the second reason you might want to be working on a second platform is that building your business on rented land is always risky. I have countless friends who have lost their Facebook and Instagram accounts for absolutely no reason. Others, there was a good reason. They got hacked. But sometimes it just happens. You did nothing wrong. And that's, of course, outside of those being deplatformed for real reasons, political reasons, for, you know, all those things that we really don't want people on social media for, right? You can't control what this big corporate behemoth decides about your profile. And because of that, putting all your eggs in the one basket, so to say, is not a great strategy. So a good social media strategy means understanding which social media channel works best for you. Yes, of course. But it also is going to lead to what kind of content your followers like to see and how much content you should post. And hey, if you truly want to end the social media busy work and you know you're just not going to get there yourself, you don't have the time to truly focus on it, and if you're listening to this in real time, my Evergreen and Elevate offer is available now. And for the first three people who join in, it's available at an introductory price. In this offer, I walk with you and help you create three months of content topics, topics that are going to convert your audience into your community 
and be worthy of evergreen status in your business so you can lean on them again and again. If that sounds like something that you're interested in, reach out. I have a link on the sales page to the Evergreen and Elevate offer page, and we can set up a time to see if we're a good fit to work with each other. Ending the social media busy work is going to depend on having that strategic content to begin with. It's going to be knowing where you're showing up and what you're going to say. Absolutely. It's also going to be honing that strategy and showing up with your voice. And we're going to be covering that, including a whole bunch of time-saving social media techniques that you're going to want to start employing real soon next week. I originally actually had this all planned as one episode, but it became a bit long and I didn't want to lose the impact of what we've already talked about here. Starting with strategic content cannot be overlooked. And if you can really go back to those basics that we talked about, I know you're going to see fantastic results. If you need help with that, reach out to me. This is what I do for people. I help clients create a sustainable social media schedule that fits into their lifestyle and then turn that into an evergreen content system and plan so they don't always have to be creating new content. What better way to end the social media busy work by knowing you don't have to show up next week because your content is all locked and loaded? By knowing that you don't have to show up for three weeks of the next month other than basic engagement with your actual community. Doesn't that sound fantastic? Doing that all depends on starting with that strategic content in the first place, though. So if you need help, reach out. I'd love to help you, and we'll talk soon and come back next week with those time-saving techniques. All right, friends, you know the drill. If you found value from this episode, there are two things you can do to thank me. The first is share it with a friend. If you enjoyed this episode, you learned something from it, odds are you know somebody who needs to hear this message. I do truly believe that a rising tide lifts all boats. And if you help that friend with something that they need to do, we're going to have less crappy marketers out there, which means less scams, and we get to help more people in those ways that we uniquely are meant to help them. The second thing you can do is leave a rating on whichever podcast app you are listening to the show on right now. Doing that helps me reach more people, getting, again, this same great information out there, and we all make a better, happier, effective, and ethical world as a result. Thanks so much. See you next week.